Can a good, strong, and happy relationship really exist? Can you juggle a profession, raise a family, and still keep your marriage intact? Love and commitment are sometimes hard. Hi, everyone. My name is Anna Marie Dorillion, along here with my husband Vladimir. We are New York licensed behavior analysts, and we are the behavior couple, married almost 20 years, and we will tackle the good. The bad and the ugly of relationships, particularly in marriage, using the principles of the science of behavior. So, sit back, put that shield down, and let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Behavior Couple. This week, we are talking about recognizing your triggers and how to respond appropriately to them. So what exactly, so from a behavioral standpoint, we are talking about what we call antecedent, right? Antecedent is a change in the environment that affects your behavior. So it's a change right before a particular behavior. So from a normal, regular day talking, triggers, something that happens, something that triggers certain behaviors. And uh, we are going to talk about that today because I believe that's a very critical part of marriages from our experience and what we've seen and what we've had to help other couples with triggers are a big deal yeah because when it comes to the science of behavior we talked about this on in our very very first episode that there is an equation to how human beings behave it doesn't matter where you're from it doesn't matter what your background is it doesn't matter whether you're rich or you're poor the equation for human behavior is exactly the same, right? When we look at someone and go, hey, why did you behave like that? Why did he act like that? Why do you act this way? You know, um, why, why did he do those things, right? I mean, based on science, something happens that brings behavioral responses. And we call that antecedent, right? There's an antecedent that brings on behavioral response. And there's a consequence that follows that behavioral response that will determine whether or not that behavior will continue or stop. So, you know, for all of us human beings, we engage in behaviors only after an antecedent takes place. And everyday layman's terms, for some people, we call this triggers, right? There are triggers or cues mm -hmm. that propel these behavioral responses. Yeah, I mean, as simple as you're walking down the street, right? And then you hear a loud beep. That's a trigger for you to either jump up or turn around, look at something. So there's a, you don't just jump out of nowhere and look, right? Something triggered that. So if you hear a loud beep, possibly you get startled and then you jump, right? So that's a simple example of the antecedent is that beep. The behavior is you being startled and jumping, right? Uh, so what, what does that look like I mean, in a marriage? Right. Well, what that looks like in a marriage really is the same way it looks like in every situation, right? Um, something happens and, and we respond to it a certain way. I think the reason why this is important for us to discuss tonight is because it's important that 
in our marriages, we recognize specifically the cues or what we call in behavior science as SDs or everyday layman's terms, right? The antecedents are triggers. It's important to recognize what the triggers are that cause us to behave in a manner that is really hurtful, mm -hmm. unloving, or just overall unacceptable in a relationship. And I think it is important to know what those triggers are so that A, you can prepare for a better response, mm -hmm. or B, you can avoid that trigger altogether, right? Because, yep. I mean, what do we see in marriages? People come in with triggers and they don't, they don't even know. They don't even know, yes. What their triggers are. And triggers really are, when you think about a trigger, you think about an experience that you've had. And sometimes the trigger may not even be within the current relationship. It yeah. might have been something that was that happened in the past, right. something that you just happened to bring along with you, right? We right. talk about baggages. We talk about uh, things that you that have come along in the to the relationship that right. you brought on. And imagine those things now they merge and become part of the relationship, right? And a lot of the time they're not exactly uh, creating harmony, right? right. Right. And then they need to be dealt with. But to your point, it's important to recognize. Yeah, it's important. It's important to recognize. I mean, I've spoken to, um, you know, women who have said things like, you know, and he said this or he did that. And I was so upset and I didn't talk to him for three days and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And how could he say this? It means he doesn't love me. It means he doesn't care. It means that he really doesn't want to stay in this marriage or he doesn't want to work in our relationship. And I think to myself, oh, wow. Vlad could have said that. And I would never take it to mean that way. And I think it's because, I mean, let's be honest we respond to certain triggers or to set a certain antecedents um, because for some of them, they've been paired with a terrible past experience, mm -hmm. right? So you could be presented with the same stimuli, but if that stimuli is paired with other things, then your response will be different. Like we talked about this this morning. I mean, someone can walk in the room and they're a coffee drinker and you've got water boiling in our water, I mean, in our electric water boiler, and you can automatically think coffee. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to make coffee, we're right? Because right. you're a coffee drinker. Whereas someone can come along and see water boiling and they abhor coffee and to them, they're going to see that particular stimuli as an antecedent to, to making tea, tea uh -huh. right? So it, it's the same way. Like we entered these relationships, right? And then even beyond that, we enter these marriages. And there are these certain situations that come up because we're brought up differently, because our upbringing- We've had different experiences. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And what you might say to me could, could be, paired with a past experience that is now a 
a trigger for me to respond a certain way. And it's not really because you're such a terrible person or I'm responding to you so, so strongly, so intensely because of you, but because what you've done or what you've said, you know, is paired to, to something in the past that required me to respond a certain way. Yeah, I mean, if, if I can be transparent. So for me, anytime somebody yells at me, it triggers something, right? It, it's, it, it doesn't vibe with me. Now, I can't, I don't know what happened in the past that kind <laughs> of made it a trigger for me. Yeah. But I know that it is a trigger. Right? right. And we've talked about last week in terms of rules of engagement. That's one of the things we don't do. Right. Because right. it's a trigger for me. But imagine that I'm not communicating that. And then if you come from a background where yelling is like a normal thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we are talking about a breakdown in, in, in the marriage. Or something that really is like, what's going on here? What's the big deal? I just raised my voice. Yeah. And so someone else, it's paired with something that is not pleasant. Yeah. That is maybe even demeaning to certain, yeah. in certain yeah. cases. Um, so then we have to be able to recognize that, right? Recognize what triggers each other, right? And sometimes it'll be something that happens at work. I don't know if you know the story of the guy that walks home and then he had a bad day at work and then the dog comes to greet him. He kicks the dog. Yeah. The dog had nothing to do with his day, but something happens. And then all of a sudden... Maybe the dog reminds him or he got yelled at uh, at work or something, whatever it is, but then he takes it out on the dog. Yeah. Unfortunately, in marriages, they take it out on each other. In each other. And I think the, the problem also is there is an enormous lack of self-awareness um, in a lot of relationships, right? We really were blaming our partner for X, Y, Z, when the truth is there are things about ourselves that we're not aware of where we're hypersensitive to certain behaviors. Because I mean, we've met couples where I'm like, I couldn't be married to him. Mm -hmm. I would murder him in his sleep if I were married to him, right? Yeah. Because it's just like his behaviors are like just totally unacceptable, but it's totally okay with his wife. Because, you know, however, I mean, his behaviors aren't a big deal, yeah. right? Because they're not paired for any in for in anything um, in particular that's really aversive. But you need to be able to be aware yourself of you know those triggers. But a lot of times we're not. And you helped me. You helped me a lot in the early parts of our marriage to be able to stop and recognize that. Because I remember when we first got married, I don't even know what happened or <laughs> what was going on, but I just remember what you told me. You said, and I remember you, I think I might've been crying. And I remember you going um, next to the bed and holding both my arms and saying, babe, I am not your dad. I remember that. I am not your dad. I am not here to abandon you. I will, I am not, I'm, I'm not the one that walked out on your family. It's not me. 
And it's not fair that I'm paying for that. And you said it in, in such a sincere way, but also you were, you were pleading your case, but at the same time, you had such compassion when you said that to me, that it really, it made me stop. And I didn't even realize that that, that was what I was dealing with. And, and I, I think that's it, right? If married couples can stop for a moment and sort of like see what is happening and, and where their partner is coming from and extend a bit of grace, not that you were tolerate abuse, not that you would reinforce, mm -hmm. you know, all these bad treatment, but just be able to kind of shift your perspective a little bit and extend grace to your partner and say like, hey, is there, is there something is there else something? Yes. going on? Right. And I think these are the things that if, if, if you're a person who's not so aware of what's, what your antecedents are, mm -hmm. you're not even aware of the trigger that is causing a particular behavioral response. You think it's the phrase itself, but you're not aware that that antecedent is paired With to a terrible mm -hmm. past event that is now pushing you to respond a certain way. If you're not aware of that, it helps when your partner is able to help you see that. Mm -hmm. But what happens if your partner is unable to let you see that or, or your partner is not so intuitive to even stop in doing that? I mean, is it your partner's responsibility to let you stop and think about your antecedents, your triggers? Well. I think that um, regardless of what the triggers are, the response is yours and you have to own that, right? Yeah. In other words, you are responsible for your behavior. Right, right. right. Now we, and I remember that, uh, that I don't remember what the exact context was, but I remember telling you that, yeah. right? That's why communication is so important. We talked about that in episode two, I believe, right? how to really engage and communicate with each other. I think even in episode one. But if you are not communicating, we're not even going to have time to be sitting down and even thinking about what the triggers are, right? But it is not your partner's responsibility for your behavior. Now, if you come together and try to work it out, your partner can help you recognize what those triggers are if you can't yourself, right? But it is your responsibility as far as how you behave. Right. And it is not your partner's responsibility to tolerate those behaviors. Right. I'm sorry. If the behavior is abusive, yeah. if the behavior is demeaning, yeah. if the behavior is destructive, it is not your partner's responsibility to put up with those behaviors. Right. Now, they are there to help. The Bible yeah. talks about the woman is a help meet. Right? Right. We have that to help each other out. So it is your partner's responsibility to help you. Yeah. But in terms of putting up with it, right. it is not your partner's responsibility. Yeah. We got to find a way to either solve it, yeah. um, find a way maybe you can avoid it. For example, you were talking about earlier, if you had a bad day at work, mm -hmm. maybe you can send a text to your partner. Oh man, it was a terrible day at work. That is a clue to them to realize, oh, he had a bad day at work. So maybe 
the laundry that he forgot for the last yeah, four yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Maybe today is not the time I'm going to bring that up. Let's first deal with those triggers that have now brought me this moody person. Yeah. And then maybe later we can talk about what he needed to do, right? So in that way, you can send signal. And I'm not, it's, it's a terrible day today, right? It's a signal that says, I need help. Because really, that's what it means. I mean, you're, you're basically in behavior science, we call that a prompt, a prompt right? right? It's, it's a prompt to help me because I'm having a terrible day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Prompt me to engage in yeah. an alternative or give, give me, give, Help me, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, now, if the person is turning out that he's having all these triggers all the time, you don't want to reinforce that either because at some point, the most logical and practical way is to be able to learn how to deal with those triggers by controlling how you respond. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, you are responsible. At the end of the day, as much as your partner is there to help you right and to maybe prompt you to engage and behave and better responses and alternative responses and maybe even be there to kind of like you said if you've had a bad day at work to kind of ease some of the stress right at the end of the day your partner is not there as a punching bag because yep. you got triggered that's right by X, Y, Z, right? It's it's not okay. It's no, not acceptable it at the end of the day. Never acceptable. And if a partner is trying their best to help, but you're but 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 their spouse is not responding to that prompt, right? In behavior science, we have this thing where there's, you know, even though with prompting, the response is still zero or this response is still minus. We're prompting. For the correct response but even with that prompting even with that help the response is still wrong let's say i mean you can only do so much like so for example i mean you're amazing at, at this prompting right you had to do it a couple of times with me and it was enough for me to be like okay i need to engage in an alternative response i mean i i, I could picture a particular incident i think um I was still running a school, the school in Brooklyn then, and we were under audit from the state. And it was just like, uh, you know, all the schools were being audited and I was the clinical director. So it was really heavy. And it stress. was a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Um, Cause it all boiled down to how was I running, you know, the program and stuff like that. And I remember standing against the dresser and like, kind of just being snippy and short, you know? I mean, I, I never go to the point of condescent, right? That's just never been a part of our marriage, but yeah. just like really short. And because my personality is I'm often very, very playful mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and just like childlike and sweet, right? At home, but I was not like having it that day. Um, but you turned to me and you said, did I, did I do something? Because you're a little like, you know, just like short and a little snotty. Did, did I do something? And I said, oh, I mean, that became a prompt for me to be like, Anna Marie, check yourself, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I said, no, babe, really tough, tough day at work. And you said, okay, how can I help? Let me help. 
you know? And basically, in essence, you were saying like, if you're having a bad day, let me get you a punching bag, but don't let it be me. Exactly. (laughs) And I think you brought up a good point. So what happens if you try to help your partner? You try to give them the help and the prompt so that they can have a better response, but they still are not. The one thing you cannot do is reinforce their behavior. In other words, the one thing you cannot do is accept the bad behavior. At some point, you got to say, okay, enough is enough. Now, I'm not saying leave them, but at that moment, that situation, you may have to step away from it because you don't want to reinforce the behavior that is inappropriate. But sometimes I feel like because human human beings are complex, right? And trauma is complex. And like experiences, I mean, they're, they're complex. As much as we're, we're responsible for our behaviors, unless you're going to therapy and you're, you're receiving cognitive behavior therapy and you're, you're, you're working it out. Maybe something a lot with of someone. should probably. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm all for that. And unless you're like, you know, seeking God's face and getting some spiritual guidance also. A lot of times, like you're not even aware that is true. of the intensity of your responses, like in marriages, when you're upset, we have this thing in behavior science where we use video modeling, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. When we've worked with kids with um, violent behaviors or just aggressive behaviors. Yeah, and they can go into a blind rage. I mean, it's it's studied, right? It's empirical Mm -hmm. that when you use video video model, I mean, you know, where you take a, a video of their behavior, and once they are calm, you let them look at the video. There's sort of this sudden awareness, like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, that's that's how I behave. I feel like for some people out there, they probably need to like record yes. their spouse when mm-hmm. they're really in a rage or upset or mad about something. Um, even if you're the one who did it, if they're mad at you and 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 their spouse tends to be condescending, mm-hmm. I mean. I, I could not tolerate with that, but that's, I, I could not tolerate that, but a lot of married couples are in situations like that, mm-hmm. but the other person is not aware the depth of the sharpness of their tongue. I think if you recorded them and then like once they're calm, just say, hey, babe, I just kind of want to let you listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. When you get in that space, this is how you talk to me. Yeah. And I think if your other partner is able to see that, like, because I think for some of them, it takes more than just what you did to me. Uh-huh. Hey, it I'm is. not mm-hmm. the, here yeah. to abandon you. Or, hey, you're a little snotty today. Mm-hmm. You know, is it me or did something come up? For some people, it will take so much more than that mm-hmm. for them to realize, wait a minute, my behavior is unacceptable. And they need more, we use visual prompts, right? Yeah, they, yeah. they might need some sort of a more, more tangible, tangible. Um, uh, uh, help, to, help tell them to stop, to make them to stop. To get them to see like, whoa, I need to stop this, right? I need to stop. I mean, there are situations where the partner is so abusive. I mean, that that's a, no, once there's any physical thing or any real emotional or, or, you know, um, uh, verbal assaults and things like that. We just say, hey, listen, you either get into marriage counseling. If it's a physical thing, I think you should definitely yeah. leave this marriage. But for the most part, 
for your average couple. These are the tools they can use. Yeah, these are the tools they can use. So what are we talking about? So to wrap it up. First, recognize what your triggers are, right? Talk about it and, and, and be able to understand and recognize them, right? And remember, regardless of what triggered you, you are still responsible for your yeah. response and your behavior. And there should be no, you're not going to get a pass on that. It is your behavior. Yep. It is your action. You have yep. to own it. You, have to, you are responsible for that. Right. And we have to work together. Yeah, we have to work we together. Work we, together. Try, we have to try to help right. each other out. But if your partner is to a point where it's really beyond your help, I mean, you need you to get them. Party. Yeah, yeah right. and get them professional help. But if there continues to be abuse and you put yourself in harm's way, you just. No one should be in yeah, harm's way no. or be abused. You just got to. Uh, in a marriage. Yeah. That because some not, people really need further help but for the rest of us i think these tools can definitely be used for happier healthier stronger marriages, marriages. yeah stronger right. marriages we all deserve to be happy Absolutely. we all deserve to be in a marriage that we can be proud of and really be fulfilled right amen to that and i think that's that's it that's right that wraps it up for that tonight wraps it up for this week this is the end of episode five we're we in episode are, five already yeah, we are the behavior couple until next week, everybody. Until next Tuesday. Have a wonderful Good night, night, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.